Hello and welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms. I'm Kate Taylor, Creativity and Empowerment Coach, and I'm on a mission to help us live an embodied life full of creative expression through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. Welcome Practical Magic listeners. Today on the show, I am speaking with the lovely Susie Sourwine all about permission. Something we take for granted, right? But something which is such an incredible act of self-care that it's something that we need to bring more into so that we ditch a life of living under shoulds and obligations. So Susie and I are chatting about this today. Susie's going to bring all of her tips and tools and everything around permission. We're really having a great deep conversation about it. I know you're going to enjoy it because I've been listening back to it and it is fantastic. So do enjoy the show and give yourself permission to take the next half an hour and simply listen. Welcome onto the show, Susie Sauerwine. So Susie and I, we have a connection through Koya predominantly, but actually we did used to live down the road in Worthing from each other and would often meet romantically on the beach, <laughs> walking from one end of the beach to the other with our dogs and just meet for chats and stuff. And, and generally I've been seeing your journey, Susie. So Susie's relocated up to Scotland and we'll talk a bit more about that in a, in a minute. But Susie, we're talking about permission today because you've written a book, a little book of permission. I would love to know a bit more and if you could share with the Practical Magic listeners a bit of a backstory and, and why permission is, is something that's come into your world. Thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, permission, I finally realized that permission is what underlies everything. Everything that is um, the changes that we want to make the, to our lives, any, the start of anything, um, we have to visit permission in order to do that. And what I realized was that, you know, people would ask me all the time. So I've, I've made a couple of big moves in my life and, and, and people would always ask me, how, how did I, how did I let myself do that? Like, and, and they didn't ask it quite in that way, but I, I realized that's what they were asking. And eventually I figured it out that what I was doing was being able to give myself permission. And I realized that nobody was talking about that. Like everybody talks about you have to give yourself permission, but nobody actually sat, you know, sits down and says, this is what permission is and this is how you give it to yourself. And so I found myself on this journey where I, I wrote a little book of permission, which is basically an exercise in decluttering obligation and shoulds and have tos. And, and I realized that that, you know, chipping away at the wall like that from the bottom was, was one of my favorite ways of of getting to the place where I could just move forward. And then I started to articulate, well, what is moving forward and what does permission look like? And so I've been able to put that whole, all the pieces together and say, this is permission. This is why it's important. This is how it works for you as an individual. And then I've even taken that further now and gone into why I think coaches and uh, mentors and other types of leaders should be including it in their work. It's such a magic thread, isn't it? Something we take for granted is permission or the fact that it's it's out there, we don't necessarily tune into it. So I'm, what I'm loving about this series of conversations I'm having over the past few weeks with other people on the Practical Magic podcast really is about how 
we can deal with the shoulds, the obligations and all those things that society has told us that we should live a life in a certain way, the factory settings, as it were. And permission gives us the opportunity to actually look at that in a different way, to come into centre, doesn't it? And go, well, actually, is this what I want to do? There is a certain other way of doing things which feels much more aligned with us and gives us the opportunity to take one take advantage of that but just do a bit of a soul searching for a moment to go hang on there is a different way isn't there and you talk about it in terms of the fact that we we can be asking questions about what it is that we want to do with our short precious lives i mean that's so such a beautiful way of just coming into center our short and precious lives and the way that we can be living it in the way that we want to do it how do we do that through permission, Susie. Yeah, I think what it is, that what it is to me, and this is what I, I put in my work, is that it's the it's about decision making. So permission is in, in my world is when someone allows themselves to make a decision. And it's the decision to bypass the mental blocks that we have and have accumulated over time that withhold our own support and approval for taking action towards what we want. And if we don't ask those questions about what we want or what it could look like as opposed to what it should look like, or and I love what you said, factory settings, that, that so many of us use as a measuring stick, it's our opportunity to be conscious about what we choose to measure our life by and where we want it to go within the possibility of, of our control. So obviously there's gonna be things that aren't, but there's a lot of places where we actually have choice and perhaps should be looking at a lot more options than just what the factory settings are. Yeah, a choice being a, a particular word there because um, you talk about the obligations we mistake for choice. Obligations versus choice. What's the difference between an obligation and a choice? An obligation is something you think you have to do. So I have to call my mom each week as opposed to, I want to call my mom. I enjoy talking to my mom. If you know, there's such a difference. And the way that we frame those things, obligation has a lot of weight. So I should have this career. I should do it. It's not a joyful running toward of something. And you might even have those words around something you really want that you, but you're not claiming. And I, and I use the word sovereignty a lot lately. You're not claiming your personal sovereignty when you list it as an obligation. So it's either something that you choose to do or you, you perhaps should consider what else you can do instead. Because, and, and I make this, um, I, I kind of make it a joke, but it's my favorite thing about it is this, like uh, the Paul Simon song, there's 50 ways to leave your lover. There really is. Like there's 50 ways. You can walk out the door and close it. Now you might not want to do a whole bunch of those things, but there are a lot of things that you can choose from. And it's a question of kind of sitting down and making a list of what those obligations are and what the options are, and then making a choice and saying, okay, I don't feel obliged to do this. I'm choosing to do it this way, or I'm choosing not to do it at all. This is the difference between should and obligation, isn't it? And choice sits in the middle. Do you think that actually some, so should is something that is that factory settings. It's the thing that, which is outside of ourselves. I should have this career by now. I should have the house by now. I should be in a better place than I am. All of those things that kind of are external. Whereas obligation for me seems to feel like 
something which is deeply inherent within ourselves of a personal way of living where like you say we're obliged to do something and there are certain things we are obliged to do isn't there like if you're a mum, you're obliged to give care but then you don't have to the where the should comes in is I should be a better mum. I should be more present I should be doing this I should be doing that they they do have a distinct feel to them don't they yeah, I, you know, I tore, I kind of treat them as in this, the, to have the response to them the same, but I, I agree with you that there, there can be, you know, a, a personal interpretation of, of those things. And because to me, you know, it does, I can kind of, um, you know, deconstruct the obligation of uh, care as a mom, even to, well, the, uh, to choice. And and where the shoulds come in on top of that are the way that you should do it. So as, a, as opposed to the way that feels natural and loving to you, you know, you, you do it under this other kind of measurement. So yeah, I, I agree that there's the word obligation can have some additional meanings. Uh, the, the, in the sense that I, I use it is, is purely in the things that the actions that we feel obligated to do that um, we don't feel we have a choice in. And, and you do. And even, you know, um, it's a really hard thing to say, uh, but a lot of people don't choose to, to provide care as, as a mother and or a father. And it, it is a choice. It really is a choice. Like you don't have to, um, but I'm so glad you do choose to. Yeah. And, and and that can be in different areas. We're talking about parenting here, but it can be as a co-worker, as a partner, as, you know, a carer, in whichever sense it comes in, can't it? So we're talking about this at a time when we've got this September, October feel, which is very much kind of new term, almost like a fresh start to the year generally in the feel of uh, how the season works is that we're in a time when we come out of the summer if you are a parent or you probably and, and a mum particularly you've probably been spending a lot of time looking after your kids making sure they're entertained we were just talking before we came on about this need for entertaining the children and their expectations to be entertained 24 hours a day as well but also if you're not a parent there is still this kind of new term new thinking thing that comes in in September and it's our time to give ourselves permission to work on ourselves, to do the things that we want to do. I'm very much at this time around reset and refocus, but that does require permission. It does really require us to be able to say, right, time for a bit of me now. And it's not selfish, but it's like, I'm going to be alongside this life too that I have created around me. I'm part of this team, as it were. But why do you think we find it so hard to give ourselves permission or why do we find the need to overserve? say case in point if you are a parent you've been you know entertaining the children for the last six weeks non-stop six weeks plus why is it so difficult well i think permission is difficult um and particularly i'm going to talk about this as a context of being a, a woman um just because that's my my zone of reference but i do think it would it carries it carries further than that. Um, the reason that it's hard is because permission is actually a choice. And everything in our world has not been set up for women to make choices. There is a lot of people that are not interested in you making a choice um, and, and claiming the sovereignty that comes with a clear decision about what you want and how you're going to go after it. And so 
I think that there's a lot of beliefs in ourselves that we have to overcome in order to allow ourselves to make that decision that we're actually going to take action. Because, so I, I think of uh, kind of the change sequence as uh, decide or desire. So when you have desire, then you decide and then you do. And, and a lot of our world is spent teaching us, to, um, which sometimes we really need the help with, is to learn to what we want, what we desire. And then the other is the do, which is here are the tools. So it's back to school time. We've got this new term feeling and um, we're going to do this. Here's your, you know, for those of us in the online world, right? Here's your social media posting calendar, you know, for the next three months, you know, just get this last quarter just absolutely sorted. and people don't do it. And it's the reason that we don't do it is those is that the stuff that we have to overcome, which is the obligations and the shoulds that and our beliefs about ourselves and our value that don't allow us to make that decision. And that's why I'm so focused on that decision, because I think that no matter what you're trying to do for yourself, for people that you love, for your business, it all comes back to the, your ability to, to allow yourself to make that decision. And um, if you don't know how to do that, you're, you're, you're going to find yourself in exactly the same place in the future. And this is really hard for women because as you're talking, I, 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 you know, visually see different kinds of women playing out in my mind's eye. There's the women who are at the point where they're so at the back of the queue yep. when it's come to looking out for everybody else, they're just burnt out, they're wrung out and they're like on the ground going, please, I need to be able to put the oxygen mask on. So therefore that's when a decision for mission for permission has to come, has to come in for our, you know, for their, the, the state of all of their mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health has to, but there's also people that have to get to a stage. There's a stage before that, isn't there? Where it's like, they don't even know that they have the opportunity to ask for permission because they're so in it. Like, what would you say to somebody who's so in the, I'm, I'm so busy, there's no time for anything else, I've got to look after everybody else, I don't get five minutes in a day for myself. What, 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 how do they start bringing permission in? Yeah, I think that's where you get into where the, the first tool of granting yourself permission is, is the decluttering, right? Decluttering the shoulds and the have tos. Make a list. Make a list of the shoulds and have tos that are that are just like rampant for you in this situation right this second. What are they? And um, then go through that list and see if you actually believe them. Still, are they you know things that oh my gosh somebody told me that once twenty years ago that a good you know a good person does X. I actually don't believe that. Like they don't have to do X all the time. That that's fine. I can let that one go. And you start taking because I think the weight of all that, just the the acts of the decluttering is of the thought is one of the first steps in actually getting yourself into any sort of shape that you can make such a conscious decision. Um, when I when I put the book out it was two years now. The most common response I got from it was that people were just having a sigh of relief, and that it was just lifting some space that they didn't even know that they had available to them. And so that's my first suggestion for that is just get in there with those shoulds and have tos and, and see what you actually, what's actually going on in your head 
that could be contributing to this. Great. That's really good advice. And actually, I think as well, you know, often our intuition is seeking before we are consciously seeking, isn't it? So the fact that somebody might pick up your book or even see their word permission and go, like you say, the big breath, actually, that is what I need. I need to give myself permission or I need to learn how to give myself permission so that I can get to this place where I can then work on, well, what's the desire that takes me as a human being because we're all fully formed and it doesn't mean that you're less than because you're looking after everybody else. You know, you should be front and center, if anything. But giving yourself that opportunity to go, okay, what, what is permission? what would permission feel like what would that would that look like and maybe there's an invitation as we're talking about this subject for you to just the listeners just to take a moment and take a breath and feel into what does if you were giving yourself permission what would that look like feel like sound like what would you be able to do if you lifted the restrictions of shoulds so just taking a moment there, what would, what would that look like? What does it look like for you, Susie? Well, I think, you know, for me, it looks like the life that I'm living now. It's, um, I, I kind of been, I've chosen to make myself my own principle of permission, which is that, you know, I've allowed myself to completely change fields of work. I've relocated myself to, you know, my ancestral lands that make me feel amazing to be on and in deeply in nature more than I've been for years. Um, for me, it's about taking one more look every time I run into something in myself about why I can't, why aren't I taking action? I'm, I'm a really big like person stuck in the little pool before the waterfall person. I can swim there for decades and people, you know, from the outside, it looks like I make these quite large changes very quickly. But for me, they're usually like a decade coming. <laughs> and, and, and so now what I'm, what I, since I've learned this concept, what I'm trying to do is apply it over and over again and say, okay, I see myself gravitating towards the pool here. What's that about? Like why, what permission do I need? What am I withholding from myself? Is it, you know, a belief in myself? Is it, um, uh, you know, something that, uh, do I not have the right tools? Do I feel like I don't know how to operate them? Do I need help? You know, what are the list of, of options? And, or is it that I'm just too scared to do something right now and I should go have a nap? And, and, and that's, I'm trying to live my life like that every day. No, I totally agree. And for me, when I, you know, reflect on that question as well, permission for me at the moment is permission to take a break, which is so hard for me I've been in on mode for as long as I can think now for the past two well life as a as a you know person working for themselves an entrepreneur a business owner is that you do you get completely obsessed with what you're doing and also because you love it as well you know I absolutely love creating bringing people together I loved product launch of the practical magic deck but giving myself permission now to take things a little bit slower and not have to be in the push all the time is really what's coming through. And it's coming through in my physical because I'm exhausted. At the time of us talking, I'm pretty exhausted. So the permission to slow things down, I can't get away from it, right? We get to a certain point where you just can't fight what's going on anymore. So people might be having loads of stuff coming up for them 
And it's just an honoring of like, okay, I'm going to listen to this stuff that's coming up in my life. I'm going to listen to the things that are becoming more and more of a challenge or the things I'm busting up against or how I feel in my body. And, and that's how permission can tie into it too, isn't it? Our bodies, our beautiful bodies. And that, of course, because where the Koya part comes in, the knowledge that comes from that too is the, the answer that's there in already, you know, and, and I was one of those people who went to that extreme. Like, I was so tired, so tired, Kate. And I, I was like emotionally just totally drained and unable to do the work that I needed to do to even take, make one of those. I was in no condition to make any decisions about um, about my life or what I wanted next. And basically, you know, I, I needed to break it down and just start making decisions about what's going to make me okay. And, and sometimes that's where we have to start our permission journey. Yeah. And, and recognizing that actually it cannot exist in the way that it is. We cannot exist in the way that we are. You know, we, we, if, we, if we're literally running on empty, it cannot go any further. So that in itself is a moment of permission, isn't it? I, I give myself permission to reflect on what's not working so that I can start thinking about how I want to, what I want to do to help repair that. So what would you, so we, we're talking a lot about women and personal sovereignty and being the change that we want, the change that we dream of. How do we start bringing some of these? We've talked about the decision to bring permission in, but what are some of the permission tools that we can start bringing into our lives, Susie? Yeah, so for me, there's a few, um, there's like four key permission tools that I think everyone should make some space and thinking about. One is the declutter and make the space and get some of that weight off yourself and just, yeah, attempt to give yourself a sigh and a bit of a break so that you can go on with making, with, with, with making a, a better action. This, the second one is that um, I think it's really important to always remember it's in the present tense. So you can't grant yourself permission yesterday to do something different. You can't grant tomorrow self permission. You can't um, do it to your younger self or you know somebody twenty years from now. When I'm and I think a lot of the time when we when we when we find those things that we're where we need permission. I think what we'll find a lot of those things are, are are not about being in the present tense. So they're all tend to be about, um, Oh, the other things I have to do later or the whatever, as opposed to the, okay, what is, you know, am I okay? Right. Right. The second, am I, can I have, can I have a breath even as like that, that you introduced there that was so powerful. I think just to even stop in the midst of listening to this and take a breath. The, um, so I think bring yourself back into the present tense is, is a tool for permission. One of the hardest ones, I think, is um, self-honesty. And the fact that permission exists in the present means you have to be really, really honest about what the present is. And because we can't move forward from someplace else, an imaginary someplace else. And I'm the reason I know all this stuff is because I'm guilty of it <laughs> as hell, you know? And uh, so it's like, okay, well, if I don't... Um, if I don't acknowledge what's happening now, what the conditions of now are, then I can't make that first uh, rock that'll get me out of there, that first path stone. Um, but if I, if I do, if I can be really honest with myself about, okay, I'm, exa- I'm so exhausted that I'm, about, I'm, I'm on the edge of hurting myself, or, you know, it, I, I re- or I really, really, really want to do this thing, but it requires me to, um, 
you know, save some money or do whatever, you know, one of the, a great example of that is about like going on a big trip and how, you know, people put, can put that off into the future perfect tense where it's like, oh, well, someday I'm going to do that. And it's like, no, actually it's a plane ticket. And you can start doing that today by taking actions from here, as opposed to waiting for that magical day in the future to appear to start. And then the fourth one that I, I do is I, I look for the opportunities to claim the choice. So looking at all the places where, um, where it's available to you right now and look, examining them and naming them as choices instead of um, uh, uh, you know, just things that you should or have to do and say, no, I choose this. This is, this is the life that I want and, and grab those. And even if it's what you want for dinner, because I just think that we're so, as women in particular, we're so not in the habit of claiming choice. And even so practicing that over and over again in the littlest of things will um, strengthen that muscle. So when it comes time to give yourself big permission to make, a, uh, a, you know, to take out a step into something that's fearful or bigger than you're used to or more, more seen or more verbal, you, you've learned to trust yourself about how to make a choice, how to change your mind if you don't like what the response of that choice was, and being able to make the next choice. So those are the four that I really think that if you put them into your life over and over again, you'll actually see significant change to what you want. Mm. And sovereignty, sovereignty, sovereignty really is the umbrella under which all of this sits, isn't it? It's a coming home to oneself instead of giving it all away as you said having the space being in the present moment that self-honesty and claiming choice is all around claiming the sovereignty of having the permission to be us rather than being a diffracted and diffused version of us that suits and fits for everybody else's mold and not for our own so it's a coming home an absolute coming home I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. And this is why I think it's really, really important that coaches and people that teach like life uh, enhancing work um, think about this because if you don't have, if we don't make space for this skill and this skill acknowledges that you know, it's, it's basically trauma informed. It's our own self trauma informed about where am I going to pause for no reason. And in, in the coaches course, I use the example of um, someone learning to dive off the side of a pool and how for some people they get to the edge and they dive right in and they don't even think about it. But other times we get stuck at the edge of the pool and we don't know how to make that big that first leap into that because we don't know what it's going to feel like. And, and we stand there and, you know, if you're that, the kid that was standing there, how, how can you give yourself permission to get in the pool? And a lot of us, you know, have been just yelled at, told, just, just do it. You know, the whole Nike, just do it thing is like one of my, I hate it so much because it's like, it doesn't acknowledge that it's hard for people sometimes to just do it. And, and if we don't make space for people, so for coaches, what I mean is that we need to make space for people who can't just do it instantly and say, here's another set of tools that'll help you get to the space where you can do it. Um, and here, and you can, you know, you can do them over and over and over again. And let me, let me make space in my teaching for you to have that rest while you're figuring that out. Because just to, because we often assume that people, even if we have the best tools in the world, we want people just to go through them and do it really quick and get the results. And, and we get frustrated when, when people have that automatic shutdown and, and stop doing the, the work. So 
um, I, I think it's just imperative that we have a teaching space where someone's saying, okay, well, you know, here you are on the edge of the pool. Are your feet in the right place? Okay, check. You know, are your, how do you feel about your hands? Have you picked the spot where you want to go in? Do you really want to do this? Um, okay, you do. Okay, that's great. We clarified that. Then let's just figure out all the little bits. Do you still want to do it? Do you want to sit down? You know, and, and stop removing that pressure of just do it and helping people build their self-permission to actually dive in. And I think that we can put that into our work in a way that um, that's, I think is quite revolutionary and will will change the world in um, in a better way. I'm reflecting as you're talking there of giving ourselves permission to meet ourselves where we're at. So often we're comparing our chapter one to somebody's chapter 20 as we're going through life, aren't we? You know, the, the I should have my shit together because this person has obviously has over here and I see my, a bit of myself in them. But actually what you're saying is if you're giving yourself permission to be where you are at any time, and it doesn't matter if it's forwards, backwards, sideways, upside down, you know, whatever it is, the way you are is where you need to be, but give yourself permission to be there too, right? That's right. Yeah. Where yeah. have you found yourself? Because we, we end up someplace by a whole bunch of stuff, right? Some, some things are choices. Some things are things we can't control. Some, you know, there's a, some trauma, there's all these things and we end up in a spot. And it's not about the, it's not about the spot. It's only saying, this is where I stand and that's where I'm trying to get to, or I'd like to stay here. How do I do that? Whatever your choice is in that situation, doing it in that space and doing it consciously. And, you know, I think you're, you already said this, it's that, that thread that underpins everything. It's this choice. It's about, about claim, claiming it yourself as okay, like that you are okay as you and you're only choosing what your choices are about how you move through the world, not that that you exist at all. Yeah, homegrown within yourself, with your heart as the sovereignty, not anybody else's stories, not anybody else's obligations, not anybody else's shoulds, but yours. Yeah. I love that. So what then, Susie, do you give yourself permission for in terms of self-care? So what are your three self-care tools that you use? So right now, one of the most important questions I ask myself as part of my self-care is how can I do this without hurting myself? So, and hurt by hurting myself, I mean like overstretching my energy, um, literally hurting my body by pushing myself too far through like, you know, I'm the kind of person who just like, especially moving lately, I had to really pay attention to this where I'm just like, unpack everything, carry everything, do whatever, get it done. And, and I asked myself, how can I do this without hurting myself? Is there a way? And of course there was a way. And, um, and then also maybe not acknowledging my own boundaries and letting them get crossed. Those are all things I consider hurting myself. And so that's my number one thing right now is how can I, how can I do this, this being live this a life um, without hurting myself? The second thing that I do um, for self-care right now is sit in nature, like deeply, quietly every day and just watch and listen with no agenda and kind of letting nature absorb me back in as opposed to me doing anything to nature. We were talking about this before we came on, weren't we? The fact that you've moved up to Scotland now and you were saying about how the magic has spread out, you know, it, it's connected into the earth so much in places like Wales and Ireland and Scotland, that connecting into the magic of the land allows us to be connected into the magic within ourselves too, doesn't it? 
Oh, it does. Like this morning I sat and watched, um, I was on the edge of the, of, I'm on the edge of Loch Fine and I sat and there was a seal and there was a heron and some other birds and uh, butterflies. And I just listened to the, you know, the sounds that were getting made and watched there, you know, realized about, it, it helps me remember that I'm a piece of an orchestra and not the conductor. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I love that. Being part of the orchestra, not the conductor. Oh, that just instantly drops you out of all of that bullshit, doesn't it? It does. does. And then the third thing I'm trying to do right now is actually try to feed myself. I've never, I'm 40, I'll be 48 years old (laughs) very soon. And I've never been really good at feeding myself. (laughs) What, you not cake for breakfast? No? Yeah. Well, hey, you know, and just consistently, like consistently caring for this body of mine um, in, and I'm not saying no cake because that is not my idea of consistently caring for my body. Um, (laughs) My body loves cake, but the um, just, yeah, like actually planning to, to feed myself and feed myself good things and, and power myself back up is, um, I realized that I, I was paying attention to how, to my tiredness and some of the contributing factors to that. And one of the easiest ones that I noticed was that I was forgetting to feed myself regularly. And mm. I, I feel you on that. I've got a really bad habit, especially if I'm working at home of, you know, not eating a proper breakfast and then not eating lunch until three or four o'clock and not wondering why my sugar levels have got so low. So inviting permission in to feed the body in a healthy way is a good one. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely working on it, work in progress. <laughs> oh God, me too, all day, every day. So um, it's been really wonderful to talk to you. So what, what's next for you? So you, you've, we've got the little book of commission. So that's, uh, you know, people can find that on their website. And you've got this program for coaches as well in terms of how you bring permission as a tool into, into our work practices. What, what else is coming up for you, Susie? So, and I've also, I have also launched um, a course for individuals because as I was doing, putting, to get, putting together the course for coaches, I, I really went into a deep dive about what permission is and how people can grant it to themselves. And then I realized that I should do that for individuals as well. So I did a little mini course called How to Give Yourself Permission, um, which is just like a 25 minute audio and a handout and just tackles uh, some of these things that we talked about and goes a bit deeper. Brilliant. And where can people find that? That's on my website is slsourwine.com. Great. And I will put the links up to this on the Practical Magic show notes. And just before we round off, as I like to do, what is your song choice that embodies permission for you, Susie? (laughs) Okay, so I made myself laugh. And I listened to it before we got on after you asked me that question. It's totally Jesse J, do it like a dude. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I figured like my, you know, my recent permission has been so much about like disentangling myself from a really, really like masculine dominated consulting world and, you know, so much of it. And so I like it's like angry and it's powerful and it's like, you know, you get to swear a little bit and it just makes me, it makes my body move in a really great way. So it's one of my favorites. Great. I'm going to put that up onto the show notes as well. And I ask well, we invite rather you give yourself permission to listen to Jesse J do it like a dude loud and dance around. 
<laughs> you can only listen to it loud. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the Practical Magic Podcast, Susie. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Kate. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening into the Practical Magic Podcast today. I do hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to put all of the show notes up over on the website, www.katetaylor.co forward slash podcast and you'll find Susie's podcast there as well as all of the other ones that we have been listening into over the reset and refocus series over the last few weeks and all of the other practical magic podcasts there if you're listening on iTunes would you do me a favor would you just press us the stars that you think would relate to how good you think the podcast is and maybe even a couple of lines of a review there that would be really great it's always really lovely to see them i'm going to be back next week where i'm talking with the lovely sarah king about how we get to financial freedom all part of the reset and refocus and as an extra i'm going to relaunch the online classrooms so on the 8th of october we're going to be doing a two-hour online classroom about reset and refocus and so it's great give yourself permission to get there and get some attention get some action and really get some focus around what it is that you want what it is that you desire so you can find out more about that on the website as well go over to katetaylor.co and you will see in the navigation the online classrooms just hit me up there and I will look forward to seeing you online so until next week I hope you have permission to do exactly as you wish to do